You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 12, Episode 20. This is Writing Excuses, retrofitting structure into a first draft. 15 minutes long, because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Mary. I'm Marianne. And I'm Wesley. <laughs> You're doing that's awesome. <laughs> all right, all right. So, um, this is a weirder podcast. What we're trying to do is help discovery writers add some structure. Um, oftentimes, when you discovery write a piece, you will find that during the course of the writing, you veer off path numerous times, even if you have an outline. Oftentimes, you veer away from the outline and you end with something that needs a little bit of help rebuilding its structure. I will say this before we go any further is I've outlined the first five books, my, my first five books, and all of them, at a, I've never actually got to the very end of my original outline. Yep. <laughs> I would have like outline 1.0, 2.0. My last book had up to outline 7.3 because you know what? Sometimes you're going to veer off the path and it's completely okay. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and this is this is something that happens whether you're doing long form or short form, that that you will have an idea, or sometimes you don't. You are in fact finding your way through. So a lot of what we're talking about here is, I mean, this is a this is a revision process thing. Yep. When you get to the end and there is something off, it's just not quite firing, and you aren't sure why. So one of the things that I will do sometimes when I I have that is that I will. We've talked about this before, that looking at, at you know, what promises we've made and things like that. Um, there's a temptation to look at the ending and think that the problem is the ending. Right. It's usually earlier than yeah, that. Yeah, it's almost always earlier than that. When I've had this problem, I can usually sense it because I am an outliner. Uh, very early on, something is wrong. But as I've discussed many times on the podcast before, I usually can't fix things until I've written them poorly the first draft through. Uh, sometimes I can. A lot of times I can't. And it's a matter of I just keep going, knowing that I'm veering off course, that something is wrong about the structure. Usually it's the original structure of the outline that's wrong for me because I do follow the outline. And after I'm done with the book, I have to say, all right, I need to fix this somehow. Or I, my middle grade books, I discovery write. I get done with them I'm like, this has no structure at all. There's no beginning, middle, end. It was just me doing silly things for 50,000 words. How can I make a plot out of this? What, what tends to help me a lot when I know I'm going the wrong path, going down the wrong path is I, I write I write until I you know, hit a certain point and then I kind of do the bird's eye view thing and I look at what each individual scene does and what mm-hmm. I need and what I can rearrange because a lot okay. of the times it's just pacing you know it's you want to do certain things but it feels wrong because your pacing's weird or your your discovery uh, order is is off. Okay, so what do you do if you have a broken ending? Has this ever happened to you before, that the story, the rest of the story works, but the ending doesn't? Yeah. So one of the things that I, I look at, I I try to, to remember to trust myself as a reader. And I, I go back to why was I writing this story? What was the, what is the emotion that I want to be experiencing as a reader right now? What What am I wanting this to do? And it's not doing that thing. So... Usually this means that I identify what it is that excites me. And a lot of times what has gone wrong with the ending is that at some point I dropped it. And the I need, thing that excites you? That is the thing that excites yeah. me. And I need to bring that forward into the ending. And, and usually this means going back and layering things. Um, when, I was, when I was learning to write, I did a lot of uh, – there was a lot of discovery writing in my short fiction. And I would have nine or more drafts just trying to get the ending right. What I look for is um, why it excites me, and then also what is the purpose of this chapter? Uh, if I take the, or if this scene, if I take this moment out, does the story break? Does it keep going? So it's a lot of interrogating the text to figure out why things are there. And then once you've identified those things, then you have to go through and actually execute, and that's where it gets tricky. Um, and here is again where I, I lean on the mace quotient. Um, I, I look at not just what promises, but what types of promises I have offered. And a lot of times it's very simply that I am closing things out in the wrong sequence. Yeah, uh, People like symmetry. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times what's happened is that my ending is asymmetric or it's out of proportion with the, the rest of the story. And I, I know these sound like really amorphous yes. words. But but they do actually apply to fiction. Well, I can talk about a uh, broken ending I had. The most broken ending I had was the second Mistborn book, and I 
wrote the whole thing. I'm like, this ending is broken. And what I had done is, and this is something very commonly early in my career I would do, is I introduced new elements to the story Yes. too late in the process. Mm-hmm. And so the ending felt like a departure, and a, it broke momentum. Uh, this happened with Elantris, my first book as well. I introduced a new villain in Elantris at about the three-quarter mark. I just had to cut that villain out completely yeah. and rebuild the story to not have him. In Mistborn, I had two characters meeting like, we got to save the world terrible stuff's happening at the city, but we can't deal with that. We need to go off to the mountains and have an adventure and discover this lost hidden place, right? Um, Which Mm. in my outline seemed all really cool, but as I had written the book, everyone's worried about what's happening to these people in the city. And I had to actually take the mythical lost uh, place they were hunting and hide it under the city, in ruins under the city (laughs) instead, so that I could keep my main characters involved in the main plot going on in the city. Um, And this, this fix was great. But it's this idea of don't distract people from where their passions have been for 70% of the story by trying to get them interested in something new. Yeah, you, the side quest can be really annoying, and it's it's very easy to do. I think I want to talk about this from an editorial point of view um, and, and a genre point of view and genre expectations because where I've seen writers go wrong sometimes with their endings is— um, you know, I edited erotica for 10 years, and uh, I would I turned away a lot of stories that were competently written, but the only, but the climax of the story was a climax, right? It was, you know, like you, you it's like a romance novel. You know what the, what the ending is in terms of there's going to be a happily ever after. So if you know that, that actually can't be the problem of the story. Right. That's not going to drive reader inten- uh, attention and interest. There have to be other things going on that are what we're actually engaged in. And so, um, so I, and, and similarly, I think in science fiction and fantasy, if you've set up a big war of good versus evil, 99 times out of 100, good is going to win at the end, right? And so that cannot be your only thing that you're driving towards. There have to be um, other major issues, the flaws that your protagonist is struggling with, et cetera, so on, that the reader can get engaged with and follow. Yeah. So so what happens then if, let's say, your setup is fantastic, but you can't land the payoff, can't stick the landing? Yeah, I would do this all the time. I would have a story that had a fantastic beginning and a really great middle and a fantastic ending to three completely different stories. (laughs) Um, I feel like... So the, the the things that I see go wrong with endings fall into a couple of different categories. One is, uh, and, and I'll pick one of them, um, one is proportion. That that the ending itself, that the, the idea of the ending is fine, but that it is, uh, it takes too little time or too much time. Um, I am guilty of writing the ending that ends too quickly. Because I know what's coming and I'm, I'm there and, and so I just... We I, get impatient, right? We get impatient. I stick the landing and I'm out. Uh, and let me use this as you know another theater example. If you if you imagine going to see a play, and you know you you go to the opera and it's it's Aida and it's five hours long, you're, those those intermissions that come up those are you are very happy that there's a twenty minute intermission. You're very happy that there are two twenty inter- intermissions. You come back and you've got another hour and a half of singing. If I go see a show that's forty five minutes long and 
25 minutes into it, there's a 20-minute intermission. I'm not going to come back for those remaining minutes because there's no way they're going to be able to build the tension again. And with fiction, what I'll see a lot of times, I see this a lot in short fiction, where they've got this one long, big through scene, and then they've got a scene break and come back from somebody else's point of view usually, and it's only a couple of paragraphs long, and it's a twist. And and the problem is that it's so out of proportion with the rest of the story that there's no way to build the tension back again. So that's one thing that I see go wrong. And the other thing is that sometimes that ending goes on so long that any tension that you have, you totally drop. So this is what I'm talking about when, when, when I'm talking about stories that are out of proportion. You know, uh, one uh, of the things you've often done in giving feedback on my shorter fiction is <laughs> cut this scene, cut this scene. And like, you want to make it shorter? It's already really short, but yeah. I mean, a, yeah. g- a good example of this is um, a, a, the Mass Effect games. I don't know if you guys have ever played the Mass I Effect games. The first one. But, but like, mm-hmm. it's, and they're, they're long 30, 40 hour games. And then after you finally beat the game and you're invested in the characters, they give you like a one minute ending. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Everyone complains about the endings yeah. of those of those because games. I mean you, you you spend so many hours getting to know the characters, finding the relationships, really you know exploring who they are in this world, and then they, they just cut you off at the very end, and it, it feels like you're being cheated. Well, there's a reason why we have the denouement at the end, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there is a purpose to that. There's a murder mystery writer who I love her books, but every single like they are great and gripping all the way through. And everyone ends two pages too quickly. And I just want to, like, shake her and, you know, like, why? Why do you do this to us? You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Let's stop for the book of the week. Um, and I'm going to pitch that toward Wes. Oh, so the book of the week is Robert Jackson Bennett's City of Miracles, which is book three in his Divine Cities uh, trilogy. Um, if you haven't read the first two books, they're fantastic. Start with the uh, city of stairs in the third book. Uh, he, the main character is Sigrud, which is, um, it's kind of like a Viking warrior guy. A That's berserker. why you're excited about it. And, oh my good. You know, Sigrud is, is the star of the series and I've been waiting for his point of view now for like two years. So, um, it's fantastic second world fantasy, really great kind of w- weird fantasy. It also talks a lot about imperialism and everything, but who cares? It's about the Viking. It's about Sigrid, the magical Viking. And, and um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm super excited. The book is coming out, uh, I think, early May. I don't have the exact date, but I have the month. And um, yeah, it's called City of Miracles by Robert Jackson Bennett. I can also recommend the series. I've read the first book and I thought it was very well done. So I totally rambled because I just got excited. All right, let's come back to this and talk a little bit about middles. We focused a lot on endings. What if you get done with your book and you're like, this middle wanders everywhere. My beginning's solid. My ending fulfills what my beginning promised. And then there's all this stuff in the center. What do you do then? So um, a really wise author once told me that um, the problem exists when uh, you spend the first 60% of the book asking questions. And then around the 60, 70% mark, you have to start answering questions. And that transitions the really tough part when you're writing a book. And actually, Mary told me that. (laughs) I was like, boy, that sounds familiar. Someone must have told me that, too. I think, you know, one problem that I see writers run into a lot in short fiction is they they know their ending. The ending is great. um, And we read it, but we're unsatisfied because they didn't earn it. Right. Yes. And it, they've made it usually too easy for their characters. They kind of jumped to the ending they wanted and they have to go back and put in the work. Yeah. And I think that that's a, a really good point that a lot of times what makes it a middle unsatisfying uh, we talk about try-fail cycles, and what we have is a lot of try-success cycles. Mm. And and that, when something is so easy, it does feel like the character hasn't earned it. You you want that sense of uh, things might fail. That That's part of what helps you invest. At the same time, I think that you can have so many try-fail cycles. A lot of times people will have a try-fail cycle that doesn't actually relate to the plot. You know, it's a side quest. Mm. 
Um, and yes, the character is failing at something, but it doesn't really matter to the story. If you take that entire scene out, no one notices. So one of the things that I do is, you know, again, I keep talking about looking at why is this here? Like, is is your story going to, you know, what in this scene is preventing your character from moving forward? Right. And it, this is this sort of thing is not a problem if, like, you're doing it intentionally. Again, yeah. Right. Um, you just want to be asking yourself these questions. And the longer your piece is, the more room you have to say, I'm going to take a deviation. Like, we don't need your epic fantasy book to ask, how is every scene driving toward the ending? You can stop in your epic fantasy book and have a chapter or two just of a character with her family and, you know, yeah. these sorts of things. But if your piece is 1,500 words long, then you, don't, you can't do that. Um, and so you want to be doing these things intentionally. Let me ask the podcasters, um, how do you view structure? Do you have, like, any tool you have for your stories that you that lets you just kind of have it at a glance? How do you structure your books just using the software, like the actual software you use or the tools? Or So I use Scrivener, and the best way I use kind of view structure is I use the corkboard. Mm-hmm. So when I, you know, lay out my chapters on the corkboard, I then I also color code them. And then I'll, you know, I'll list the point of view. I'll list um, what kind of uh, chapter it is in terms of it's an action scene, development scene, plot scene. And I kind of get a really good bird's eye view of the flow of the book. And that's kind of how I kind of control pacing. I do something similar, but, but more old school. I have a bulletin board and colored index cards and a different color for each major character. And I, you know, sort of put the plot lines up and, you know— sharpie it out and it's actually quite fun um i'm not a i'm not actually great at plot you know plot i was trained in mainstream fiction and you know we would write these stories their entire story is somebody sort of lying on his back in a bed worrying about his life right i mean like there's Mm -hmm. no plot there at all um and somehow you try and make a compelling story out of that and sometimes it works but uh but now I'm trying to write things with more plot, which don't come naturally to me, and I'm finding that the index card corkboard method is helpful. I do, uh, I do two layers when I'm doing plotting. Uh, the first is that, I guess, actually I do multiple layers. Uh, but the first is coming up with kind of my thumbnail sketch, which is, uh, you know, where, where my story starts and where it ends. And I, I lean heavily on the mace quotient, uh, which... You can listen to me go on at length about in previous podcasts. But, you know, it's like if I'm starting with a character story and then I go to an event story, that means I'm closing out with an event story and then a character story. And so I I get that. I get my kind of micro or macro, I guess, the the big view of the story. And then I expand it out um, into kind of how that's going to play out. And then what I do is when I go into Scrivener, um, I have, depending on the novel, I have the, uh, the, the, the bullet points of the types of scenes I need. So, um, you know, if it's a heist novel, I'm like, okay, so here's the gathering of the team. Here's the car chase. Um, if uh, I, the one I'm working on right now, I just borrowed Dan's seven-point plot structure. So here's my hook. Here's the, you know, the reversal, the, the pinch point, all of those. And I take the plot points that I've come up with for my novel and then slot them in to those, uh, to those uh, 
structure points, which sometimes means changing the order of events in order to have them make sense. And frequently, I use it as a diagnostic tool to spot um, where I'm losing tension because it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I nothing is going wrong right here. I don't have a pinch point. Yeah, something should be going wrong there. That's absolutely what's wrong with this. Yeah, I, I used I do my structure. I was going to say low tech, but then Marianne out low tech me. Um, <laughs> I use just Microsoft Word, mm-hmm. and I use the document map, and so I just I can visualize what I do is I name a chapter after a character. For instance, it'll be like part one. It'll be one point two, and then the character's name, right? And it'll be, at the end of their name, the number in their viewpoint sequence. So, you know, 1.2, Dalinar 3, right? This is Dalinar's third scene. It's the second chapter Uh, in, uh, it can't be 1.2 with Dalinar's third, but, you know, 2.2, Dalinar's third, or whatever like this. And so I can look at the document map on the side of Microsoft Word, and I can see here are all the different plots of the different characters. I can see if if people aren't popping up often enough. I can see which plot lines because sometimes I want one clumped at the beginning to introduce something someone else is going to deal with later on. And it just lets me visualize it there um, and see the whole thing. And then, of course, I have my outline in a separate file that is mostly, like you described, types of plots and the, the bullet points and things. I should say the bulletin board evolved out of my writing for Tremontaine because we had a group of writers. So it was like working in a TV writer's room. And so we could all see what was going up on the index cards. And that, that makes a lot of sense. really helpful. And because I'm not great at plotting and I'm still learning to do it, I have, in fact, dragged writer friends over to help me talk out the plot of my novel. Like, I, I have an easier time verbalizing it than just thinking it in my head, and then they can throw ideas at me, and I'm sitting there scribbling things and putting them up on index cards, and it's fun. Mary and I did that for her story mm-hmm. in between podcasts, so yeah. we do it as well. It's great. It's very useful. I think it also depends on how many points of view you have. Yes. Because when you have several points of view, you have a lot more tools at your disposal to kind of control how the, the flow of the story goes. Um, if you're doing a one point of view, then there is an order that has that has. That has to go with the story. But if you have several points of view, somebody's doing action, somebody's doing plotting, somebody's doing development, and it kind of allows you to play around with things a lot more. Well, we are out of time on this episode. I'm actually going to give you some homework. It's going to relate to things that Mary was talking about, which is I want you to take the first 10% of your story, and I want you to look at the promises you make, both in tone or in plotting what's get, what the story is going to be about, and I want you to color code them. And then I want you to color code the different chapters, saying this deals with this plot, this deals with this plot, or this promise, um, all the way through your story, the different chapters or scenes, if you've got a short story. And then at the end, I want you to make sure that you have put a closure to each of those different things. Take a story you've already written and do this with and see if you drop any. That's the real thing. In that middle, did you forget one of these promises? Was your tone early on that you promised, this is going to be funny, but it's not funny through all of these chapters and then funny at the end, or things like this. Just look for what you're doing and be very aware of your promises and how you're fulfilling them. This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. Writing Excuses is a Dragonsteel production, jointly hosted by Brandon Sanderson, Dan Wells, Mary Robinette Kowal, and Howard Taylor. This episode was mastered by Alex Jackson. 
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.